in the season of Easter, I want to welcome you to worship at First United Methodist Church in Pasadena, California. I'm Sandra Olwine and I serve as pastor here. And along with our staff and the entire congregation, we hope that this hour will inspire you for joyful and transformative living in the world. Now we give thanks for the increasing availability of COVID-19 vaccinations and look forward to being able to gather for in-person worship soon. In a commitment to the safety of all of our members and the larger community though, we continue to exercise patience, trusting that the Spirit will continue to bind us together even as we remain physically distanced from one another in worship. So in the hope, power, and promise of resurrection, let us turn our hearts to prayer, praise, and proclamation.
Come, let us gather in the one unifying spirit. Unite us, Lord, by your everlasting love. We welcome the one who doubts. We welcome the one who says, unless I see, unless I touch. We welcome those who have heard the good news, the resurrection news, and are filled with fear, locked away, isolated one from another in distance virtual spaces. How very good and pleasant it is when kindred live, gather, and worship in unity. We've come to worship in spirit and truth with joy and thanksgiving. Come, let us worship the risen Lord. imagination. You made the world in beauty and restore all things in glory through the birth, life, crucifixion, death, and victorious resurrection of Jesus Christ. Give us a spirit of kindness to welcome all people in fellowship, 
in generous affection. Teach us to keep faithful witness and to boldly proclaim the good news of Jesus' resurrection. As we move through the sorrows, trials, and uncertainty of life, strengthen and uphold us with knowledge of the final morning when in the glorious presence of your risen son, we will share in his resurrection. Amen. I will be reading Acts chapter 4, verses 32 through 35. The believers share their possessions. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of his possessions was his own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and much grace was upon them all. There were no needy persons among them. For from time to time, those who owned lands or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales, and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone as he had need. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
Hi, I'm Reverend Christy Grimaud, Associate Pastor at Foothills in La Mesa, California, and a provisional member, recently approved for full membership and connection as an elder in the 2021 Annual Conference. It has been a long road since I began discerning my call into ordained ministry, and I am grateful for the great community at St. Paul's Coronado, who from the very beginning nurtured me, encouraged me, prayed for me, and helped me to discern the whispers and the nudges that I had been feeling for quite some time. They gave me the space to learn and grow, to question, to listen, and to answer. This was really important for me because I was so hungry for a supportive faith community. The faith tradition I was born into did not affirm female clergy. Now, I could teach Sunday school and work in the kitchen and sing in the choir, but I could not serve as a pastor. I felt a call very early on, but the limitations pressed upon me caused me to pursue a different path. Thankfully, God never let me go and brought many encouraging faith communities into my life that guided me back to the path to God. Communities especially faith communities, have great power. They can make you or break you. The scripture passage shows a community that makes you. This early Christian community in Acts is one where they are unified in heart and soul. They followed a we versus me philosophy where they didn't focus on individual gain, but the whole communities. This was not, there was not a needy person among them because they shared all of their possessions with each other. A community like this values unity, generosity, health, and wholeness for all people. Now, I don't know about you, but I have not met a community, or dare I say, a church like this. Have you? Where every single person supports the mission? Where people will do whatever it takes to accomplish the mission, even if that means selling their property and giving the proceeds to the church for those in need? Where no one is in need, I have not experienced a faith community like this. Usually, there is great need. 
This community was not a small community. At this point, there are 5,000 who believed. Now, it seems completely impossible that they could all be unified in one heart and soul. In my experience, getting five people to be unified is a miracle, much less 5,000. Even if this was a hidden utopia that retreats from society, eventually there will be fractures from within. Sooner or later, our human nature will get the best of us. Well, the apostles were certainly human, as well as the 5,000. So how were they able to be a community of love, unity, and generosity? Well, the verse that precedes this passage, verse 31, tells us. It says, when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God with boldness. The community prayed for boldness because they had just faced many challenges. Now, the timing was post-resurrection, post-ascension, post-Pentecost even. And the apostles were carrying on Jesus' ministry by preaching and healing people. Peter and John healed a man outside the temple gate. And the chief priests had them arrested. When they were questioned, Peter and John gave credit to the power of the resurrection of Jesus. So many people had witnessed this healing. And the healed man was standing right before them, so they couldn't deny what had happened. The Sanhedrin wasn't sure how to punish them without a revolt, so they told Peter and John they would release them if they promised not to preach in the name of Jesus. Well, Peter redeems himself. Remember when he denied Jesus three times before the resurrection? Now, post-resurrection, he stands in full confidence and authority, filled with resurrection power, and denies Jesus no more. In verse 20, he said with boldness, we cannot keep from speaking about what we have seen and heard. Well, they are released anyway, and then gather with their community to give thanks to God. They pray together and ask for boldness to carry on Jesus' ministry of healing and restoration. And while they were praying, the Holy Spirit falls upon them, and the power of the resurrection is so strong, it shakes the house. I want to be part of a community where the Spirit shakes the house. So many communities are asleep, lost, divisive, and downright harmful. 
we need the power of the resurrection to shake us and transform us into encouraging communities of love. What would our churches look like if we were unified in mission and values? Not unified in political views, nor biblical interpretations, but communities as one based on the gospel of Jesus Christ. What would our churches look like if the mission was to not have one needy person among them, where every person is restored to wholeness, not just a few? What would our churches look like if we were so generous with our money that we sacrificed our own security for the good of the whole, where we put others' needs above our own? What would our communities look like if every person prayed and prayed for boldness to become a transforming presence in the world where we cannot keep from speaking about the power of Christ? Well, Scripture shows us what they would look like. They would look like this this early Christian community whose sole purpose was to carry on Jesus' ministry of healing and restoration. And the best way they accomplished their mission was to resemble Jesus. A community that resembles Jesus is one that values unity, generosity, and health and wholeness for all people. A community that loves, shares, and encourages. You know I have to ask. You know it's coming. Do our communities resemble Jesus? Are we so bold that we can't keep from sharing about Christ transforming love? We should be and can be. A community such as this is not from human construct, but from the Holy Spirit. The resurrection is our source that creates communities like this. We can rise with the risen Christ and be transforming communities of love. With great power, our faith communities can make you into vessels of love that resemble Christ. Amen.
Let us pray. Transforming God, by your power you raised Jesus from the dead. And so we bring our prayers to you today, believing that your great love can transform and renew our lives, your holy church, and the whole world. Sustain all of your children that are afflicted with violence and political oppression around the world this day. Give hope to those who are without housing and to migrant people as they face closed borders. Encourage all who are affected by flooding or natural disasters or the results of climate change. Walk with all of your children who struggle for justice or simply for the sustenance to get through this day. As our sister has reminded us earlier, you call us to unity, and yet we are a fractured people and a broken church. Like sheep, we have gone astray, each to our own way. And like Thomas, we feel surrounded by reasons to doubt that we will ever be united again. Divisions and resentments multiply, even in this nation that enjoys so much abundance. Our selfishness and cynicism prevent us from taking even the simplest steps necessary to care for one another's health. And yet, you are the God of resurrection, whose power and love transform our dead ends into new life. The empty tomb invites us to have faith, even where we have not seen. O oh God, help us to believe in the blessed community that you call us to form and to claim our role in bringing it about for our time and place. We pray for the whole church in every land, and especially rejoice today in the signs of cooperation and common purpose shown by this worship service. We pray for that spirit to resurrect the whole United Methodist Church. O oh God, let the joy of Easter swell into new energy and purpose among all of your people. Bless the leadership of our Bishop Grant, and our Superintendent Jim, and hear the prayers offered across the district for your work being done at Woodland Hills United Methodist Church and at First United Methodist Church in Glendale. Through Christ you share our wounds, and through his great love you offer healing to the whole world. And so we pray for all the persons and situations found in today's prayer list, especially Priscilla Baca, Anne Zeiss, Mary Jean Bowman and her husband Phil. Even as vaccinations become more common and available, we continue to pray for the many who suffer the effects of the coronavirus, those who are sick and dying, those who love them or mourn their loss, the tireless ones who are called to care for them, as well as the many who are suffering economic displacement. Send your Holy Spirit on us, O God, even as we continue to endure this difficult time. Save us from self-centered choices and from obsession over our own needs and wants. Open our hearts to respond generously to the needs of others, our sisters and our brothers, all of us children of yours, all of us called to live together in the peace that Christ brings. And now, with the confidence that we are indeed beloved children of God, we join in the common prayer that Jesus taught disciples. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, 
And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I hope you have found today's service to be a joyful affirmation of the diversity and community that we share across this annual conference. Thank you for joining in this time of worship for the Sunday after Easter. And remember that you can always return to this service or share it with others by visiting our YouTube page. Subscribe there and you can receive free reminders of all of our future events. And speaking of reminders, the Youth Cabaret is now only minutes away. Please plan to join us using the Zoom link that is found in yesterday's email. This is a great time to download the weekly bulletin. You can find a link to that in the video description. It contains a guide to the service of worship, as well as our prayer list and a number of important announcements. Next Sunday, April 18th, begins a four-week series focused on a new book by Diana Butler Bass called Freeing Jesus. Diana will be joining Pastor Sandy each of those four weeks to discuss the various sections of her book. You do not want to miss the chance to hear from this leading thinker as she comes to terms with who Jesus is for us in the 21st century church. This coming Saturday, April 17th, is the next Third at First concert at 4 o'clock in the afternoon or any time thereafter on the church's YouTube page. The founder and artistic director of the Third at First series, our own Junko Yuno Garrett, will offer music for solo piano by Robert Schumann and Johann Sebastian Bach. It's free. Tell a friend and I hope to see you there. Keep in touch with the clergy staff by email at connect at fumcpasadena.org. Please share your joys and concerns with us. We are here to serve you. Take care of yourself this week and if you can, take care of somebody else too. Be sure to get vaccinated when it's your turn and remember to wear a mask. In Acts chapter 4, we see the early Christians were unified in the manner in which they showed love and cared for their faith community. I was struck by the generosity of these believers, holding back nothing, giving all they had to build the community. During this Easter season, we find ourselves face to face with the challenging circumstances and situations the noise and the distractions that attack our faith. In the midst of these times, I am asking you to make an offering. Some of you are battling illness. Others are faced with losing homes and jobs. Many are grappling with the loss of important and critical life-sustaining resources. All of us are concerned about the well-being of family members, friends, and other loved ones. Under the burden of all of this, I'm asking you to make an offering because making an offering is essential to worshiping in spirit and in truth. Making an offering is essential to deepening our faith. Making an offering leads us to draw nearer to and walk closely with God. To the glory and honor of our Lord and Savior, in these challenging times, I'm asking you to make an offering to support the ministries of your home church. Let us pray. Holy 
and sovereign God. We proclaim that Jesus the Messiah lives again. Yet, our thoughts are distracted by the many challenges of life. We lose sight of your abundant love. We lose sight of your grace. We lose sight of your mercy. We lose sight of the meaning and joy of Easter. We forget that we are an Easter people. Almighty God, send your spirit. Let it be through the power of your Holy Spirit that we focus on the resurrected Christ, remembering your promise of abundant and eternal life. O great provider, strengthen us to give freely. Strengthen us to give generously. Strengthen us to give cheerfully. Amen.
Friends, our benediction comes from the Bible, from the book of Hebrews, chapter 13, verses 20 and 21. The God of peace, who brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, make you complete in every good gift, so that you may do God's will. May God work among us all that which is pleasing in God's sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Yes.